You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is our continuation, part two, as you would say, with our conversation with Jesse Pierce of Bar Down Beauties. Uh, you can follow Jesse Pierce on Twitter, Jesse with an I underscore Pierce, as well as uh, check out her podcast, Bar Down Beauties, that she hosts with Alexis Pearson. Here's part two. Enjoy. Are you a are you a Harry Potter person at all? I am. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let let's let's sit, let me ask this question. If uh, if you you know slip some Verita serum into Miko Koivu's drink, and you can ask him one question, but only one question, what are you asking him? Oh goodness, that's tough, right? Because I you can't just have one question. You've been holding back all these questions and all these <laughs> answers for one. years. Well, I guess I mean timeliness right like is are you retiring like i'm just gonna go with the gut like that's what i need to know right now like are you are you coming back do you want are you coming back to us are you in a what's your are you retiring that's what i would ask but that's because to me that's the newsiest tidbit of information and only i get to find this out right like he's only telling me oh yeah so i get to be the scoop, scoop. this is my scoop perfect that's that's what i go with then because that's what everyone wants wants to know i would say do you have a question in mind that you would want to know you how did you figure that one out yes exactly (laughs) exactly i win i win russo so that's what i would say in hogwarts (laughs) it's all who you know and i know snape (laughs) perfect Uh, i think she was going to ask you what your question would be yeah what would you ask oh wow um you know I'm, i'm not uh i don't know i got one Okay, let's go, Joe. What does he think about the strip the sea crowd? <laughs> you just want him to do a diss track. Yeah, that's. Fair. I want him to cut open a vein a little bit. What yeah. do you really think? Right. I don't know. I've yeah. never asked. I, I've never been in a position. I don't think to ask Miko a question, and uh, and and I don't have the experience of of uh, of trying to uh, to get information out of him. So. I'm trying to think, like, what am I the most curious about? Actually, you know what? I think that would be the question that the the question that I asked you is what I would ask him is just um is what like I guess he got out of talking to Saku about changing teams late in his career, mm-hmm. and just like I guess the specifics of, of how much does being the Minnesota Wild guy mean to you in comparison to just like anything else you can do in your career because i you know i think like i i grew up in uh i grew up in san diego right and uh at the time there uh there was tony Gwynn, mr padre like how much how important is it to you above anything else like above um yeah uh, just above anything else of being you know uh mr wild yeah i think that's a fair question too yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, Jesse, you, you mentioned that he, uh, for your NHL.com article about his thousandth game, he uh, was like, why are we talking about this today? I wonder if that ACL injury that he had last year really got to him. Maybe he's, he, maybe he was trying to take it day by day and not try to look ahead because, you know, things can change really quickly on the ice. I mean, I'm sure that that's probably a fair point, too. I think it it probably is always lingering in the back of his mind for sure. And, and that's fair. And I know Zach 
kind of has had the same approach, but in Zach, as he should with the the injury prone that he can be. Um, but I think it's also, they just, you know, hockey is never I and hockey is never about one person. And, you know, especially when you're wearing a letter, it seems. So I think it's a lot about that for him too, in those moments. Like he doesn't, he doesn't love the attention. He doesn't like having people focused on him. And again, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a lot of hockey players that do, Um, you know, that's just not the way that's why they're the, some of the best people in the locker room for, with hockey, I think. Um, But I'm sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably a fair assessment. I think it's just more for him. He just, it shies away from the attention. (laughs) He just kind of leave me alone, go away. Like this isn't happening, you know, And, and he likes to take it day by day too, you know, and just in general, I don't even think it's necessarily the injury. I think he's just, he wants to talk about what happened today. Like he, cause he'll tell us that about everything. Well, is that today? Well then no, why are we talking about it? Cause that's, we've had these same right. conversations with him <laughs> frequently. Um, but I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that's always an interesting thing that maybe it does and maybe it, it worries him. And he was worried that he wouldn't hit that milestone the next day, which of course we all knew he would. So it mm-hmm. was, you know, but that's a good point. Hate to interrupt the podcast and this conversation, but we're going to get right into a short break and then we'll come back and we'll continue part two of our conversation with Jesse Pierce of Bar Down Beauties. You're listening to Locked On Wild. Shifting gears now um, to whenever the NHL does try to pick up play, um, there's been some, I guess, proposals out there by some in the media that are, are saying, okay, what sh- what should the NHL do regarding the uneven games that the, uh, that the regular season kind of ended with as well as into the playoffs, because you may not have enough time to do four rounds of seven game series. You may, you know, depending on when this thing all wraps up and we can get back to a little bit of normalcy. Um, just trying to figure out, is there any, have you heard about the 24 team um, format? I, I suppose that I think Elliot Friedman had floated out there as mm-hmm. perhaps an option. A little bit. I had heard that there's a 22 team and then there's a 24 team. Um, one, the 24 team, obviously great for the Minnesota wild. That would be nice. Um, it's, it's all super interesting, right? Like, and it's, it is, it's kind of fun because we have nothing else to talk about. We have nothing else to watch. Let's figure out how this might shake out for, for sports fans and especially how will it benefit Minnesota wild? And what can we look right. at there? Um, you know, I think, you for sure cannot do a seven game series and you cannot finish out an 82 game season. You have to look at ways to truncate a little bit of things and, and kind of who has the better chance of actually getting in at this point in time. Um, You know, I don't think you can just say it's fair to go straight into playoffs too, because that's been floated out there as well. Um, You know, you can't just expect these guys to come back from a break and be like, all right, now we're playing the most important time of the year. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, right? Probably don't do that. Um, It's it's all interesting, I guess. I I think even the idea of not knowing how long this is going to lead, um, the idea of even coming back to a season is, is getting to be more interesting to me because I just, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how it gets done, but if it does, I, I think a 24 team playoff would be fun. I mean, is that what you guys, would you like to see more of that Joe? I, well, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, I think that the NHL could use this as like a real opportunity to get creative with it. These are obviously not normal circumstances. You might have to do a, a 24 team bracket and kind of do a, 
a one and done kind mm-hmm. of thing in order to try to, uh, to determine the Stanley cup. It's not normal. And this isn't going to be a normal year, but you, if you're looking to have hockey, try to recoup some games um, and, and some revenue that I think uh, you could really make a spectacle out of it by doing a large bracket. Um, there's another one too, that we, uh, that was floated out there by Sean McKendo on the athletic was a 30, was it a 30 team or 30 game weighted round Robin? Essentially you give a slight head start to the 16 teams that would have already qualified for the postseason, but um, every team uh, plays each other. And then at the end of it, um, who's ever got the most points out of all of it. And it's, and it's, it'd be a winner. There's no shootout, no tie, no extra point. It's either win or lose. So you get the two points for a win or a, or no points for a loss and you get the full overtime period. Um, so you'd still get overtime hockey that way. Um, that one kind of intrigued me as well. Like it's, it, you're going to have teams battling it in night in, night out. You could probably get it done within a month or so. Um, but you know, it, it's one of, and maybe not, maybe not quite a month, a little bit longer than a month, but, uh, it's certainly one of those that, uh, kind of intrigued me a little bit is to kind of figure out, okay, every team is now playing each other and you can really get a sense of fairness by that, by that way. So I don't know what your thoughts would be on something like that. I mean, yeah, I think, and I do, I think you have to entertain a whole bunch of possibilities really. And I mean, again, there's so many logistical things that you have to go through and talk to with so many different people. Um, I mean, I don't, you can definitely do it the wrong way, right? Like you could definitely, right. you know, just say, okay, these are our teams. This You're in, that's it. No, you know, that would be the only wrong way that you could do it. But I do, I think there's a, a, a lot of different ways to shake it out where it is more fair. I don't think you can be entirely fair. I think in that sports right. in general too, right? There's never going to be a situation where it is fair to every, every single team and every person. And again, that might look, like the wild have a tougher go at it, or it makes it harder. And sorry, that's, that's the way it is too, right? You can argue that they should have put themselves in a better position at the beginning of the year. And then you're not worried about this. Right. Um, but you know, I think I do. I I'm again, I'm going to be curious to hear what these conversations look like as we get closer to reevaluating things, you know, now that an NHL player has been confirmed to test positive for it. I fear that that, puts a further length out on on any mm-hmm. hope for a return as well because naturally it seems that there's never just one the dominoes continue to fall with players right. um, if you look at the NBA as an example so I do like I said I think it, it definitely figure something they'll figure something out that works if it happens I do I just I hate to be the pessimist I think it would just be so hard to come back and, and do anything I, I'm afraid that you're going to have to just say no to to the rest of the year, unfortunately, and go, go cupless, you know, you don't, you don't obviously name any winner and it is, it's, it just kind of is a vacated year. I think, unfortunately, I fear as much as I love obviously hockey and playoff hockey, it's the best and well, it's my job. So I would love for it to return. Sure, <laughs> so I sure. could get back to work, but um, I do. I just think it'd be it's a huge, huge challenge to do. We're going to interrupt the show one more time for just one more break, but uh, stay tuned. We'll wrap up our conversation with Jesse Pierce. You're listening to Locked on Wild. 
Yeah, that's you brought up the the big news. I think that uh, we for even got to mention, but it, uh, an unnamed Ottawa Senators player did test positive for COVID nineteen, which uh, it's it's crazy because uh, you, we hear about the NBA players and we knew that they all share a number of teams share um, share facilities. It was kind of just a matter of time. Not to mention. It, as recently as last week, the, the wild were in California on a, on a California uh, road trip. It is, uh, I'm not going to say frightening necessarily, but it is, um, the I mean, dominoes continue to fall. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole thing with the pandemic too, is that, you know, like, uh, just such a big percentage of people, are you know a frighteningly large percentage of people are going to get it so like of course it was going to make it its way to the nhl um i wonder how many flu-like symptoms went around locker rooms that were covid19 before we knew really what uh what covid19 was that that's something that i i i don't think we'll ever know but i would be interested in knowing that oh for sure i know i i kind of laugh about it a little bit i we had talked off air on, on this about how I got to give Mikhail Granlund a nice big hug when I finally saw him for the first time. And now I'm like, ooh, that, I'm a little worried about maybe having done that, given the fact that, you know, he, he these diseases are running rampant and, and he's traveling around amongst and being, you know, in infested locker rooms. <laughs> um, you know, frankly, I'll, I will never take it back. It was great to see him. Great to catch up. Good hug. Um, but, yeah, it is. It's it's scary because they do the the germs run fluid and they take such precautions in making sure that everything is cleaned and, you know, they, they do so good, but you're right. It's with the symptoms emulating the flu and a cold or even not even showing symptoms in some mm-hmm. of them, especially when these guys are, there's some young players out there too. And, you know, it doesn't seem to be affecting anybody, you know, under a certain age that it's just, it's curious. You do wonder how long it had been out there and, and who's had it and, who might have it still to, to this day. So it's, it's curious. I'm sure. And I'm sure you'll hear more players are testing positive as, as they continue to roll this forward. I would be shocked if you, you know, you don't hear about that. Mm. It's uh, I want to talk to you about another player here too. um, Because we kind of became an official unofficial Kevin Fiala podcast for about two weeks. (laughs) Uh, probably still are. We would probably um, still be if the season was still going. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Hey, I think you and everybody else in the state of hockey. He's been really good since November, but since February first, been really great. Um, do you what's what's been your opinion on kind of why he's really emerged as is a, a legitimate star candidate for at least for this season? Um, and hope, and there's a lot of hope for next season as well with Kevin Fiala. Um, you know, I think it, there's, there's a couple different factors. Um, again, I think you, it go confidence. It it's huge. It is everything, you know, he's, once he started scoring and once he was starting to feel his game a little bit better, I think he wasn't gripping the stick as tight and he, you know, he found, oh yeah, I can dipsy doodle around this guy and I can get a little fancy with this and that. Um, and it's fun. You know, it was, it's, it's fun to watch. And I think he's out there having fun doing that. You know, when you're scoring, it's, it's fun for everybody and it's especially mm-hmm. fun for the player. So I think that's a, that's been a huge part of it is just him finding that confidence um, in himself. And then one quote that I always go back to with him from the locker room, and I feel like it's very telling, not just of him, but maybe 
for kind of the turning of the tides in that room and for that team in general is he had mentioned how he started to feel like the wild became a family um, sure. for, for a, a very long while it had felt, you could sense that there was a lot of separation in that locker room, um, you know, beginning with the end of last year onto the beginning of this year. And, and granted with all those trades and the moves that, that tends to happen. And, and again, mm-hmm. Fiala was a part of that. He didn't, he came into this organization, didn't know anybody, you know, and he came into an organization that had loved Grandland and Grandland had been such a piece here and, and had his friends here. And so it was, it was different. So I think, that's such a big part in, in not again, not just him, but everybody performing better because mm-hmm. they finally came together. And it's unfortunate that it took as long as it maybe did, because I don't, I think it did take until maybe January or February of this year for them to all start to click and, you know, to find some lines that were starting to work and to start winning and get a little streak together. Um, but I think that's a, that's a huge part of it. And him having said that, I wonder if that's why he's, he's feeling better and he's, he's more comfortable because he finally feels like, Hey, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big part of this. I'm an asset here. And uh, you know, let's, let's move forward and do this together. So I would say those two things um, for sure, you know? Um, and then again, fun. I think fun is even a third factor. Cause I just think that changes the dynamic of a team as well. I think what's interesting now that you mention it is how the rest of the team see like including the veterans, right? Like Ryan Suter's on the power play. He's looking to get Kevin Fiala the puck now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like as good as, as the young players that we've had come through here, this is the first time in maybe the uh, the Parise Suter era, right? Where, you know, you finally have the veterans deferring to a young player. And I wonder what's different about Kevin. Or maybe it's just the circumstances that you just said, like right where everyone feels much more tight knit. But I, I, I want your take on, on to what the difference is between now and say when you know Granlin and Zucker and Coyle, etc., were here. You know, I mean, that's tough. I think it, it's. I think maybe Parisi and Suter and those the veterans and the older guys kind of realize it's time. You know, you can't you can't be the guys and be the only guys, especially when it's not working clearly, you know, you guys aren't Mm -hmm. getting the job done. Like you, you want to, again, you have to remember every single one of those guys in that room is a competitor, right? Every single one of them hates to lose, Um, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing of all. And I think once you recognize and you can put your own, you know, selfish needs aside a little bit for the better of the team and say, Hey, eventually this is going to be their team, you know, and these guys can take it. And, you know, I think Fiala again, give credit to Paul Fenton. Nobody said he wasn't a great scout. You know, he had that ability to scout young talent and he certainly did see something in, in Mm -hmm. Kevin Fiala, which has panned out to be 100% true. Um, You know, and I think once Parisian Suter and some of those other vets saw that and that capability and that skill set was there. I mean, I think he wowed them too, frankly. I mean, I think Zach has even said it a couple times because he's played online with them. Like, yeah, I'll just, I just, like you, like Suter said, give him the puck. Like, I will do whatever. I mean, you have confidence in him too, then to to do that. Um, so I do. I think it's a bit of a bit of all of that. I think it's it's kind of like any older leadership or any veteran group in any aspect of your life, right? Like you ultimately, once you recognize this is for the good of the team, 
then mm-hmm. you can start to make those decisions a little bit more soundly maybe and say, hey, okay, I don't maybe need to log all the minutes or I don't need to be on the power play or I don't need to be out there for X amount of time on three on three. It You know, you start to realize if what's more important. Is winning mm-hmm. and getting the points more important or is your own ego? And, you know, thankfully they have discovered that uh, these young kids are the key to to unlocking the Wild's future and, and in order for the organization to get better these kids have to be given that opportunity which is a real good sign for next year when Kirill Kaprizov's coming to town yes <laughs> oh my can you imagine like oh it's just it's gonna be unreal just Only... so much elect- so much excitement so much scoring like things that have not I have been working for the NHL for four years and I have not seen scoring I have not seen excitement I have not seen a whole lot of uh <laughs> great unfortunately i mean sure you can be excited about the playoffs every year sure. but that's just one and done like i'm i'm really looking forward to some some fun goal scoring next year you know it is a testament to the the veterans on this team it almost seems like you're right they did kind of have like a almost a realization maybe maybe it was zach parisi's of failed trade on trade deadline day where it seemed like you know, this is, you know, we, we had our run. Maybe this is a time to really let the kids kind of take over. Um, and maybe not, maybe not take over. Maybe that's kind of the wrong wording, but more of like a, hey, we got underst- to understand where our place is on this team now mm-hmm. that we're not the future anymore. We're not the future of this team for the next 10 years. It's, we might have two, three, four, five years left and that might be it. So. Right. Well, and no offense to Zach, but he almost would have to say that because you were willing to leave this team and not mm-hmm. be here anymore. So, I mean, you got to own up to to that and take that responsibility because you said, yes, okay, I'm I'm okay with walking away from this. Well, you can't do that and come back and still expect to have this all-encompassing leadership role, right? Like mm-hmm. a little bit, you have to also kind of swallow your, your pride and swallow your words and be like, yep you're right. I did, but I, now I'm here and I want to be a part of this and I want to help you guys in whatever you need to do to succeed. So, um, and, and Zach's smart and he's a good, he's another good guy and he's, he was a good leader, I think. Um, you know, so hopefully he was able to, to acknowledge that appropriately. And maybe <laughs> that also helped as well in order for these young guys to, to have that. Cause once I think once you have that backing from a veteran player, like a Zach or a suitor, you can um, those. I mean, those young kids have to feel pretty damn good too, and to mm-hmm. know that the these guys have their backs and their confidence in them, and and uh, that's probably a big part of it too. I know we've kept you for way too long now, <laughs> um, so I want to ask you one last question. Do you have anything you want to plug? Well, heck, I mean, I'm I'm kind of every. Well, I used to be everywhere. There's there's nothing out there for me anymore. No, no, gonna, no, 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 no. There's nothing out there for you anymore yet. Yes, yet exactly. Um, no, we, you mentioned our podcast, Bar Down Beauties. We release a new episode every Monday. Uh, myself and Alexis Pearson and Fred Vineford, our producer, um, we're kind of in the same boat as you guys, right? Just finding finding stuff to talk about. Um, we've got Tom Chorsky coming up. Paul Allen's hopping on with us. So we'll talk a little bit of hockey, a little bit of life, um, whatever we can for however long we can. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, everything. I mean, the hockey scene was 
in the grassroots with Touchpoint Media was already starting to wind down. So a lot of that stuff is is out, but Minnesota Hockey Stories will kind of be running around. Um, and obviously follow me on Twitter, Jesse with an I underscore Pierce. And uh, that's about it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we really appreciate having you on and that you were, were join us, especially for as long as you did, because you certainly didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, the kid, me and my husband put the kids to bed, so it's oh, even better. Bedtime. Uh, yeah, exactly. Might as well crack open a couple beers then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tony. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at oh hi Tony. You can find my work at the Athletic Minnesota. And you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Boo. That's J O E B O U one five. As well as follow the podcast at Locked On Wild. That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show. Please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode so you don't have to do any extra work on your part. Also, leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. Uh, you also have a uh, an inbox, Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can send us an email at any time, especially now when we need things like questions and like show topic ideas that you want to listen to you can send those to us at lockdownwild at gmail.com and like I don't want to beg but please do this <laughs> yeah we were well I'm not necessarily a, you know below begging or above begging I here, am so. sitting outside a building with a cop saying please give me content <laughs> <laughs> alright alright that's good just a spot of content sir <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. And be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day. <laughs> <laughs>